I'm Callie. And I'm Will. The world's been a little bit wild lately. Yeah, you're not kidding. You know what the world needs? I mean, what we all need? A little bit of chill, the podcast. Honestly, the world needs a whole lot of chill. Chill is a vibe, a place to get a mindset reset, calm down overthinking, and learn new tools for how to change our lives from being reactive and stressed out to proactive, grounded, and centered. So join us for a little bit of chill, the podcast. Join Callie and Will for a little bit of chill, the podcast. Drops every Thursday. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast, and welcome to our 2019 Week 1 preview show as we are set to break down everything you need to know before kickoff, which is roughly about 48 hours away from the time of this recording. I'm Rose Wildewitt. With me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, I need to know, did you enjoy your trip over to L.A. this weekend? And I need to hear about the In-N-Out Burger experience. Yeah, so it was just a quick little getaway. We didn't even know that we were going to go. It was just my dad and my two brothers that went. Uh, So In-N-Out, I think you hear a lot about it, but I think it's a little overrated. The fries, not very good, Will. I'm going to tell you that right now. Apparently, you have to do it animal style. Did not know that was a thing. Didn't know it existed. But after the fact, after I ate them, everyone told me I needed to eat it that way. But again, I had no idea. Okay, fries, animal style, if I ever go to the West Coast in my lifetime. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and begin our first game preview of the 2019 season. And in case you're new to the show this year, we typically spend a good amount of time hitting on the key matchups, stats, talking points, and more in all three phases. And then we wrap up the show with a few predictions. So let's begin this week by taking a look at the Chicago Bears offense. And there's no pl- better place to begin than with Mitch Trubisky. He is only 1-2 and two against the Packers in his young career. Uh, his first victory came against a rival last year in Soldier Field late in the season. But in those three games, he does have a passer rating of 96.6, uh, three touchdowns to zero interceptions against Green Bay. Now, when I'm looking at Mitch, obviously, I have some keys. Uh, obviously, he needs to stay calm in prime time. All eyes are going to be on him. I believe he's done that in the past. He's proven that he's capable of doing so. But with him not playing any live football all preseason, last time he played a football game was in January. Get out those butterflies as soon as possible. But, Nick, I'm curious. When it comes to Mitch's success on Thursday night, what are going to be some of those keys for you? Yeah, so when I'm looking at Mitch Trubisky and the start of the 2019 NFL season, I think an easy way to get him eased into the game, like you said, he hasn't played in a little bit now, that week one where he had, or that preseason game where he had three handoffs, that's the most he's played. I think what you need to do is just start off by running the football with your three-headed monster with Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, and Mike Davis. And then you can work off the play action there. And especially with the how the Packers are a little injured at that inside linebacker position, that would be a good way of getting Mitch involved, maybe a couple checks. But of course, now being in this system, year two with Matt Nagy, he's more comfortable. Go through those progressions, attack some of these Packers cornerbacks. You have Kevin King, who's just coming off an injury, hamstring injury. Maybe that's a guy you target with an Allen Robinson so you can get comfortable in this game. Obviously, being the start of the 2019 NFL season, that's what you want for a young quarterback. But I think that's what I would do if I'm Matt Nagy going into this game one against Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, if you can establish a run, I mean, that's the goal of every team because once you do that, it helps every quarterback. I mean, that's why the saying is a quarterback's best friend is a good running game. There's that's, that's a saying for a reason. When I'm looking at Mitch and I'm looking at what he did with the Packers week one of last year, I just want to see more consistency. I want to see a full game because last year is a lot of good stuff early on and then they kind of fizzled out for a while until the going got tough late and then he was able to kind of pick it back up. So, you know, don't get too, well, you can get too high. I don't care. You can play, you know, your lights out, but don't get too down. Try to keep that even keel mentality. 
But I do have some pretty good confidence in Mitch this week. Obviously, he's played well in primetime before. He's played well against Green Bay in his career, and I believe that he's ready for the opportunity to take them down again. And I really believe that he takes this rivalry to heart and wants to be that quarterback to kind of take care of the Green Bay Packers. When you're looking at Mitch this week, Nick, again, we haven't seen him since training camp. But all we saw in preseason were a few handoffs. What's your confidence level that he can come out here? He can make some of the throws here in the very first week of the year without having, you know, all those butterflies? Because he's admitted in the past that he does kind of get those nerves pregame and some big time moments. And like I said, it's been about eight months since he's played a football game. So what's your confidence in Mitch? I have, I would say, real. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Relatively high confidence in him. I'm envisioning there may be a growing you know, pain or two in this game, but overall, I do expect him to play very well, and he needs to for our team to have the success we're looking for this season. So what's your confidence in Mitch heading into this game? You know, I'm, I'm confident that Mitch will be ready for this game, and it's because he has Matt Nagy as his head coach. Remember, the Bears are pretty good when they had those 15 scripted plays to start off a game. To start off the 2018 NFL season, the Bears score a touchdown against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. Well, now that Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky are going into year two together with his system, I expect after those scripted plays, I want to see Mitch Trubisky just be comfortable. I think he will be because, again, if you have success early, that can translate to later in the game so I'm confident that he will be you know ready for this game obviously being week one against your bitter rival you have to be but I think I'm confident in that he will be ready and it's going to be because he's going to have a good start to the game and then when it comes to having those improvised plays where maybe he has to run outside the pocket or just avoid the blitz we've seen Trubisky in the past be good at that and be able to avoid those defenders and just let him just play football that's ultimately what it comes down to Mm. yes the stage is bigger arguably than it was on that wild card game and now he just needs to go and just do his thing and I think he will be able to do that on Thursday night well said, Nick. But of course, a lot of Mitch's success is really going to hinge on how well the playmakers around him perform. Uh, but I suppose we need to kind of begin with the biggest question mark on offense, and that's going to be Trey Burton and his availability, because, or really lack thereof availability. Uh, he's been dealing with a groin injury. He's day-to-day. He's a game-time decision. He was kind of limited yesterday in practice. He missed two days ago in practice, but I guess he did participate I don't know if it was fully today or what. I heard that he was at least participating when the media was present today. Earlier in the week, I didn't have really any confidence it was going to play, but I'm starting to feel more confident. Is that the right thing to feel, Nick, or should we expect a game here without Trey Burton? Because really, to me, it's 50-50. You know what? It is 50-50. And uh, I was actually listening to the Hogan Johns podcast on The Athletic, which everyone should go listen to. And Kevin Fishbane was a, a featured on that episode. He made a really good point. The Bears knew about Trey Burton's injury about when the final cutdowns were happening. The Bears could have made a move if they wanted to, to pick up somebody in free agency or to even elevate a Jesper Horstead if they really needed to. So either the Bears feel good about Trey Burton or they feel good about the depth behind him or in the best case scenario, it's both to where Trey Burton might play, and then you feel good about Adam Shaheen, Ben Broniker. So I can't tell you whether or not Trey Burton's going to play. I think if we do see him, it'll be a lim- in limited uh, parts here and there in the offense. But you got to think that Adam Shaheen has to be that next guy to step up. I know he doesn't play that U tight end. He's more the Y tight end, being the bigger, bigger, bigger tight end. But I think the Bears feel confident in what they have at that position, although on the outside looking in, you know, it doesn't there's not a lot of depth on there, not a lot of proven depth. So I don't know if Trey Burns gonna play. Obviously it was a big blow of the offense in the wild card game. We'll see what happens against Green Bay, but I think if he does play, he's definitely somebody that can attack the middle of the field and attack those inside linebackers that the Packers are lacking right now. Yeah, I mean, my guest, you know, just the other day, Bryce, he was like, oh, Trey Burton, he's like my biggest fear right now heading into this week. And I'm like, ooh, we really need Burton out there because of just that. You talked about it, the mismatches that he does provide. If he's not able to give it a go, obviously, like you said, you're going to rely more on Shaheen. 
Big question mark there. Ben Broniker, I think we know what we're getting out of him. Solid. He's not going to beat a team, but he can you know pick up a couple of key receptions here and there. But on top of that, this I think would if he does miss, that being Burton misses the game, uh, that's when you need to rely a little bit more on those three running backs because all three can be viable options in a passing game. Uh, but then also puts more pressure on the wide receivers to win their matchups. And then you're looking at a bigger body, slower, well, not really slower, but a bigger body guy like a Cordero Patterson. Maybe he can play more of that Trey Burton role because Burton did line up more as a receiver than an inline tight end. So there are options for the Bears if Trey Burton can't play. Those are just a few ways I kind of see it shaking out. Is there anything else on Trey Burton that you wanted to talk about? Or do you want to kind of move over to maybe some other key matchups that you're paying attention to through the year? Yeah, so I mean, just more on Trey Burton. I think what the Bears have been probably doing is because they've known about this injury going into this week, Packers week, it's game planning maybe for so that they might not have him or it's going to be limited. So I'm not really too concerned if he does or doesn't play. Obviously, I think the the better case scenario is that Burton gets healthy for the longevity of the mm-hmm. season as opposed to being rushed out there because it's week one under the lights to start the 2019 NFL season. I'm, I'm, I think Matt Nagy said, you know, it's just another it's it's another football game. We can't over overanalyze this, overthink it. So that's what the Bears need to do. That's the right approach. And they're going to do what's best for Trey Burton and the team moving forward. All right, let's get into those other key matchups, though, because Trey Burton's not the only player in this offense. We do have a you know a lot of playmakers. We're looking at wide receiver, looking at running back. I actually want to defer to you. I have about three matchups that I'm looking at, but I want to go to you first. Which one are you kind of keying in on? Yeah, so us because uh, we haven't talked much about the wide receivers, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson versus Kevin King. He's expected to play. We don't know if he's going to be the starter or how much he's going to play Kevin King for the Green Bay Packers. He's coming off a hamstring injury, but when your first task to start off an NFL season coming off an injury is to guard Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. that's who I would want to target. Test him, see how that hamstring is really doing. He sounds really confident that Kevin King coming into this week. I mean, uh, talking a little bit of smack on that side of the ball, saying that he's going to be ready. It doesn't matter that he was injured. He's missed 17 games, more than the 15 games that he's played in his career with the Packers. So I would target him with Allen Robinson, who could run every route in the route tree, who has that stability and chemistry with Mitch Trubisky. We saw it in training camp. We saw it at the end of the wild card game. That's who I'm targeting. That's how I get Mitch Trubisky involved early and in a rhythm. Test him, see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I have that was my number one matchup as well because you hit it. I mean, the injury, he's been out most of training camp, most of the preseason. He's going to be rusty. He really is. So like you said, you have a guy in Allen Robinson who has a huge route tree. You make him test that hamstring and make sure he can cut and make sure he can keep up with Allen Robinson because that's going to be the matchup. Because Kevin King, he's six foot three, just like A Rob. They're going to want to keep the size on him. But I would test that hamstring early and often, and I bet you he's going to have rust on him. And you may as well go after him while the rust is on before he knocks it off. So as soon as that game's going and you're scripting plays, going Allen Robinson a few times, that's definitely something that I would do if I was Matt Nagy. Uh, the other matchup I'm looking at here, I have Anthony Miller. And you can probably throw Tariq Cohen in here as well versus a Tremont Williams. Williams, mm-hmm. he wasn't in Green Bay for the last couple of years. I think he went to Cleveland. Then he went to Arizona. But he used to be for Green Bay, for those that may not know. It's been about five years. But uh, he's going to be their nickel corner. Last year, he played safety for the Cardinals, and he did not play well. He gave up eight touchdowns on the year and only had two PBUs, zero interceptions. Obviously, we have a healthy Anthony Miller, who, just like Robinson, he knows how to run routes, precise routes. Uh, he led the team in touchdown receptions a year ago. So for me, I would exploit this as a match mismatch. Same thing with Tariq Cohen. Have the speed on this older nickel back. And obviously, we know Mitch and Miller, they need to prove that they can click. And this may be a great matchup for them to kind of prove that right out of the gate this season. Silence the doubters, as Nick may be a slight one over there with that, their chemistry between Anthony Miller and Mitch Trubisky. But that's the other matchup that I'm looking at. What about you, Nick? Do you have any others? I mean, there are a few more throughout this game. Absolutely. Another one I'm looking at is whoever the other linebacker is next to Blake Martinez, even if it is Blake Martinez versus whatever running back, whether it's Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery or Mike Davis, especially in the passing game. Look, I which was an interesting when I was doing the research for for this podcast. I uh, read over on the Packers.com during the offseason, Mike Penn, their defensive coordinator, kept both inside linebackers on the field for most of the times when they went to nickel packages. So they're electing to have their their inside linebackers cover and play pass coverage. 
They don't have Oren Burks for this game. He's out. And that was their best pass coverage linebacker. So now you're asking Blake Martinez and possibly here, here are the guys that could possibly play in place of him. T.Y. Summers uh, was a seventh-round draft pick in this past draft. And then a guy they just picked up off the street, technically a trader for him from the Giants, B.J. Goodson, uh, was going to be waived by the Giants, but the Packers ended up trading for him. So regardless if it's T.Y. Summers next to Blake Martinez or B.J. Goodson, I'm attacking them and making them play pass coverage, whether it's with David Montgomery, who's proven that he can run routes at Iowa State, and even for the couple times that he was out there in the preseason. And Mike Davis was showing some good things in training camp as well. And you know Tariq Cohen can run every route like he is a receiver. I'm testing those inside linebackers, making them guard every inch of the field because Blake Martinez is their stable guy at inside linebacker, better downhill guy than he is a pass coverage guy. So regardless of who that linebacker is, I'm testing them with those running backs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the next big key here for the Bears through the air, because if you can attack whoever that's going to be at inside backer, force them, like you said, cover every inch, sideline to sideline, north and south, whatever you need to do to keep them on their toes. And hey, if you wear them out and your running back gets a little tired, you bring in the other element of running. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. CMC, and you do it again. Just keep attacking whoever the hell that's going to be because that's <laughs> going to be a mismatch for every single Bears running back in our favor in that matchup. So good stuff there, Nick. I think we would be remiss, though, if we didn't at least bring up Adrian Amos and how you think he could impact this game, knowing this offense, knowing maybe some of Mitch's tendencies. What do you believe, Nick? Do you think this is going to be a big deal or not so much? I don't think it's going to be a big deal uh, for Adrian Amos. Yes, obviously he was here. He was uh, knows maybe a little bit of the offense. He did say, and I forgot, oh, it was on the Athletics podcast there. The Packers reporter said that Adrian Amos, the one person that he really wants to tackle. Can you take a guess there, Will? If you had to guess on one player in offense that he really wants to tackle. Anthony Miller? Yeah, it's it's Allen Robinson because they both played at Penn State. He said ah. that's the one guy is looking forward to tackling. But I don't think there is a competitive advantage because now Adrian Amos is over there. He knows the plays. Look, Matt Nagy, that was one point. That was uh, the 100s. Now, all this offseason, we've been talking about the Bears offense going into the 200s, right? Knowing more of this offense. So there are things that Adrian Amos, since he's left, that he hasn't even seen. And I bet you Matt Nagy, who brought out an offensive lineman, Charles Leno Jr., and put him out wide in 2018 to start the NFL season, uh, there's going to be some creative plays, some things that Adrian Amos hasn't seen. So I don't think it's really an, an advantage or it's going to have him have a better game. Nothing like that. I was flippant, though. Is it an advantage for the Bears knowing Amos as much as they do and knowing his tendencies and what he maybe he can bite on, his strengths, his weaknesses, and kind of avoiding what he's good at but exploiting maybe the weaknesses of his game? Do you think the advantage actually goes to the Bears or is this kind of null? You know what? <laughs> okay, maybe this is a little biased, but I, the Bears know his limitations. They get they you know he's in Green Bay for a reason and just to bring in Vic Fangio they didn't pick him up in Denver for a reason they know that Adrian Amos solid durable consistent not a playmaker though he isn't a playmaker so if he has to go a jump ball with Allen Robinson Allen Robinson is going to come down with that ball nine times out of ten in the one case maybe it's just a little off and then. Adrian Amos gets his hand on it. That's not the type of player he is. So I would give the advantage to the Bears knowing him more than the Packers actually know him. They overpaid for a consistent, durable player, which they haven't had at the safety position for a very long time. But I think the advantage goes to the Bears on that one. All right. Up next, we're going to discuss some of the challenges for the Bears' offensive line. But before we do, I need to call a timeout to tell you about a new sponsor of the show this season, a sponsor I'm very excited about, and that's Wrigleyville Sports. They're one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the entire city. And if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it from hats and sunglasses to T-shirts and jerseys. Make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. And since you're listening to the show, we got a pretty sweet deal just for you. Use our promo code AUDIBLE. A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off 
and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. This deal runs all season long, expires on January 15th. We may have to extend it if there's a deeper playoff run, but if you're looking for any of the Bears gear this season, or heck, any of the other Chicago teams, you really can't beat this deal. And again, head on over to WrigleyvilleSports.com, use our promo code AUDIBLE for 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We are about halfway through our offensive breakdown, heading into Thursday night's game against the Green Bay Packers, and it's time to take a look at some of the matchups on front. The Packers, they have retooled their pass rush, and the Bears need to be aware of that this week. Obviously, they're going to do whatever they can to get after Trubisky, speed up his decision-making in hopes of forcing the young quarterback into mistakes. The Packers do have some guys that can kind of get after the quarterback, but Nick, who's a guy or two on your radar? Is it going to be Smith and Smith? It is going to be Smith and Smith, but I'm going to go with Zadarius Smith as the guy that the Bears have to really watch out for. Uh, Mike Penn, defensive coordinator for the Packers, called him a power type rusher that has flexibility. And the Ravens, when he was with the Ravens, they moved him around a lot. And that's how Penn envisions using Zadarius Smith in Green Bay. So whether he's maybe at the end, goes to play over the guard, that's a, that's a, something that Zadarius Smith is capable of doing. And look, he got paid four years, $66 million. $34 million are over his first two years. Just to put that into perspective, Khalil Mack is making $32 million over the next two years. He's making more than Khalil Mack right now. Obviously, That's this isn't nuts. his first year. So they are expecting Zadarius Smith to produce. And he had 18 and a half sacks in four seasons in Baltimore and 2018 had eight and a half. So that's the guy that the Bears obviously need to keep an eye on. Maybe not that they have to roll their coverage that way, but just be aware. Where is Zadarius Smith lining up and just, you know, block everything up right? Because, again, he can be disruptive and he's being paid to do just that. Get to the quarterback and the Bears need to be aware of that. See, he reminds me a lot of a uh, Pernell McPhee, right? Yeah, I, bigger, I can see the coming from mm-hmm. Baltimore, a guy that got paid maybe a little bit too much. Absolutely, kind of hopefully that's the case. Yeah, exactly. That's how I kind of look at Zadarius Smith. Um, but you talked about. I mean, both of them are going to be issues. You look at Preston Smith; he had six sacks, thirty-eight hurries last year. Uh, Zadarius ten sacks, thirty-two hurries, and both of them are complementary one another because both are good coming from one specific side of the line. So they're not going to do a lot of flip, you know, flipping and flopping back and forth. But I say this. But remember last year how good the tackles were? I mean, they were pretty decent all season long. Bobby Massey had his best year as a pro. Charles Leno Jr. I would say it was maybe a slight down step compared to the year prior, but still a very good left tackle in this league. So for me, I'm not overly cautious. I mean, worried. I'm going to be cautious, but I'm not going to be worried because I know how good the Bears tackles are. And if they need to help with some tight ends or Bradley Sowell as well as an extra blocker, they can do things like that. But overall, I don't. I hope the Bears don't let these two kind of dictate the flow on offense because if they do, we're going to be in for a long night. But if they can just keep their you know damage mitigated at a minimum, the Bears should be able to find ways to move the football. And don't forget about Kenny Clark either at defensive tackle because he's going to make life hard for James Daniels. Uh, he's very good at winning up front, getting after quarterbacks, and he's also a force against the run. He kind of reminds me of Akeem Hicks in that regard. He's really good at getting, you know, for an interior lineman, getting after quarterbacks and how good he is against the run. Very reminiscent of Akeem Hicks kind of player, but... Daniels, if he is who I believe he is and who, Nick, who you believe he is, I think he's going to rise to this challenge. We saw it last year against Aaron Donald. I mean, he was able to, you know, step up. Obviously, this is his first NFL game at center. Things may be overwhelming at times, or maybe not. Maybe James Daniels is going to be a cool as a cucumber and no issues whatsoever. Anything else on maybe that matchup or any other matchups you're paying attention to for the Bears' offensive line? Yeah, no, you mentioned, I mean, Kenny Clark, you have to also remember the the Packers let go of Mike Daniels, so they feel really confident. Obviously, there was a little bit of a money issue also being an older player than Mike Daniels was, but still a great player. They feel confident in the group that they have up front in Kenny Clark, Matravius Adams, and Dean Lowry, so they're expecting these guys to really compensate for what they lost in a Mike Daniels, and I think, like you said, uh, James Daniels, Mike Daniels, all these Daniels now, right. are is, is playing his first game at center uh, for the Bears. And now we want to see how he can adapt. But again, that, that was his natural position at Iowa. I'm sure he'll be just fine. We saw it in training camp. It was a seamless transition. Didn't even notice really any any switch or hiccups there. So 
again, it's going to be who can win up front. I, you know, I just like the Bears in this offensive line that they have. They extended Cody Whitehair's uh, contract because they know the player that he is. I think he's better at a guard, to be completely honest. So we're going to see some things that you wouldn't see last season in terms of these guards polling, getting out in front for these, you know, run DMC. So it's going to be. Uh, something that the Bears are going to implement early and often this game, running the football, and they just got to win their matchups up front. Well, let's move on to the matchups on the ground here because you talked about it. Obviously, a big key for the Bears will be to establish that run. And Tariq Cohen, he's listed as a running back one, followed by Mike Davis at running back two. But that's really just on paper. I think we can all agree we're still going to see plenty of David Montgomery carrying the rock as well. I think it's going to be exciting to get our first kind of glimpse at run DMC. Uh, when I'm looking at Green Bay, they gave up 120 yards per game last year on the ground. Uh, they've had a hard time tackling this preseason. preseason. We've already talked about they don't have that other inside linebacker right now. It's going to be someone new. So for me, I mean, I try to pound it down their throats until they prove that it can kind of stop it otherwise. But what are going to be your expectations about what the Bears can do and establish on the ground? You know, I honestly am expecting a huge day from these Bears running backs on the ground, especially when you have that that lack of in-depth or that lack of inside linebacker play and just what you have Blake Martinez. He had, I think over 140 tackles last season, a good player for the Packers. He's their leader on that defense. He knows how to get people lined up, but he's always playing up. Op- he always has somebody opposite of him. That is maybe new, not in the system very long. So I think that's really going to be the Achilles heel and why the Bears are able to establish a run game. And I think, look, they have some pretty good players up front in Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and stuff like that. But this Bears offensive line, they're keeping the continuity there. There's nothing really there's nothing new except for the position change. And then you have these running backs that each can do a little bit of everything. I think when you add that and then have that in depth the the inside linebacker play as what it is for the Packers, it's just a recipe for success for the Bears to have a big day on the on the ground. To be completely honest, so uh, again, when you have play action building off of that, these inside linebackers are just going to be guessing. And look, Zedarius or both the Smiths, right, are not the best cover guys. They're they're going to mm-hmm. go after the quarterbacks. So again, if they can get that outside zone working for the Bears, this could be a huge day for the Bears on the ground. All right, two more follow-ups for this one, just real quick. Number one, what are you envisioning in terms of a David Montgomery role? Do you think it's kind of set, or do you think they're going to kind of go based off the flow of the game, maybe even more the flow of Mike Davis? Because I can see if Davis is out there and he's producing well, that can maybe eat away a little bit at Montgomery's touches because you don't want to you know, take it away from the hot hand. But if Davis struggles to provide any kind of spark, then that's when he kind of turned to the rookie to kind of provide that missing piece, that missing element. And on top of that, Nick, how often do you envision to see some 21 personnel out there? Ah, okay. So uh, to answer your first question, Will, I think it's all going to depend on what what are the what situation the Bears' offense is in, especially early on in, in the game. Because I think if it's third and long situations, you're definitely going to see a little bit more of Mike Davis because he's a better blocker than Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. So I think that'll dictate whether or not you'll see more Montgomery or more Davis, uh, especially on third downs. And then in terms of twenty-one personnel. Yeah, I think you have to because now you have that option that they didn't have last season. Jordan Howard, and I mean, obviously you could have Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen out there, but now you have guys that can also run routes, which was not the case with Jordan Howard was here. And if you have multiple running backs, one, whether one's in the slot and one's in the backfield or both are in the backfield, that just gives, gives you options as a play caller, gives options to Mitch Trubisky, and it makes his life it makes everyone's life easier. Mm-hmm. So I, especially if the Bears don't have Trey Burton, I think I think you do. Uh, I think it's more reasonable to expect more twenty-one personnel because you're getting your best players on the field at the same time. All right. Anything else in your notes, either on this offense or the Packers defense that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure our listeners know? You know, I think we we covered about everything. We hit the weak points of this Packers defense, why the Bears are going to be successful on the ground. And, you know, we hit on some of the key matchups. But, yeah, I think we covered, you know, both aspects of that. Perfect. I just have to do my third down and my red zone stats because it's just what I do. And it's been a long time since I've done it. Uh, When I'm looking down both teams in a red zone, the Bears, don't forget, were the fifth most efficient red zone offense a year ago, scoring touchdowns on 66.67%. Of those trips, the Packers' defense, they were 20th in the red zone last year, allowing offense to score on over 60% of their trips. So obviously if the Bears can march their way down there, 
even though there are some new faces, I think that could still make it even tougher for Green Bay to be better in the red zone. So for me, obviously, the Bears, if they can still be the fifth most efficient team this year, that's a mark that I would love to see yet again. But then when you look at third down, the Bears were 13th on third down a year ago in the NFL, only a conversion rate of 40.3%. That's an area that I think you and I both agree we need to see improved a little bit. If this team wants to make a serious playoff run and Super Bowl run, you really want to try to make yourself a top 10 team on third down. That's just how you survive in this league. Green Bay was a very decent on third down actually last year, 13th on defense, only allowing teams to convert on 37.3% of their third down trips last year. All right, it's time to find out who has the edge, and we have two hosts this year, so it's a little bit different to divide this up. So we'll go me, you, and then both of us. I think that's fair. All right, first things first. Bears off into line versus that Packers pass rush. For me, I'm going Bears here. Starting five, good as any in the NFL. Last year, they did a good job at shutting down some of the best pass rushers in the game. I know that they've retooled with Smith and Smith, but I still can't go against this Bears offensive line until proven otherwise. So for me, this one was easy. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to give you a slightly harder one, though, Nick. The Bears passing game versus that Packers secondary. And I guess you can't throw the inside linebacker issue that Green Bay has, which may sway your opinion. So this is an interesting one because they have a rookie in Darnell Savage at safety and pair that up with Adrian Amos, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, and then Traymond Williams. And we could throw in whoever they have at inside linebacker. But you just have to think with Matt Nagy in this offense that they are going to be better. There are people open all last season and Mitch Trubisky is just going to hit these guys this time. I'm going to go with the Bears uh, in their passing attack against this uh, Packers pass defense. I think, yes, they ha- th- there are some capable playmakers for the Packers, but there are question marks. We just don't know who Darnell Savage, how he's going to actually play. This is obviously a- a being a rookie. You don't know. We don't know about Kevin King's. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Hamstring issue. How is that going to factor into how he plays? And then you have Tremont Williams, a veteran at the nickel corner spot, but you have a guy like Anthony Miller who can exploit wh- whether you're a rookie or a veteran. He can ex- he can make you look silly when he route, uh, with his route running. So I'm going to give it to the Bears passing attack because there's so many options and there's still some question marks on that Packers uh, back end there. All right. Last but not least, the Bears ground game versus the Packers run defense. To me, again, going Bears here. I'm really trusting run DMC. I know, like you mentioned, Blake Martinez, he is a tackling machine. He is an anchor for that defense. But like I said, our guests on Tuesday mentioned just how much the Packers have been struggling with tackling in camp and the preseason. I know all three running backs know how to make defenders miss in different ways. It's going to keep them guessing. It's going to keep them you know, second-guessing themselves. And on defense, that split second of second-guessing yourself is the difference between making a tackle and letting one go right behind you. So for me, another easy one. I'm going to go here with the Bears on the ground. Same with you. I have to go with the Bears on the ground. Look, one player can't beat you. Not even Khalil Mack. Could be just it's Khalil Mack couldn't even beat the Packers by himself. No way Blake Martinez is going to do it. And yes, a great player, but you you need more on that defense. And not unless the Smiths show up and you really uh, that they earn themselves or they play to their contracts, right? I don't just I don't see it happening. The Bears they have a lot of flexibility at the running back position. They have that continuity along the offensive line. Have to go with the Bears rushing attack. All right, Nick, who's going to be your X factor on offense? Yeah, so with Trey Burton's injury, we don't know if he's going to play, uh, what the severity is, how that's going to shake out come Thursday night. I'm going to give it to Adam Shaheen being the X Factor. And look, this is a guy that obviously has been disappointing, to say the least, in his Bears career thus far. And look, uh, five receptions, 48 yards, a touchdown, not much to show for it last season. But Adam Shaheen is a guy that can definitely take advantage of this opportunity even though he's the wide tight end and Trey Burns a U he could take advantage of this and be a big body receiver in the red zone I don't know who you're putting on 
Adam Shaheen, if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you're going uh, a fade route, who's going to be that guy? You're going to put a safety on him, Adrian Amos. Uh, that would be some uh, a matchup to definitely watch for. But I think Adam Shaheen, if he can be someone that's a factor in this game, that'll be huge for this Bears offense. For me, Nick, I'm going to a wide receiver. And I'm going with Allen Robinson here. We talked about it all offseason. He must step into that wide receiver one role, the go-to guy. Throughout camp, you and I noticed uh, the chemistry between Robinson and Trubisky was vastly ahead of any of the other playmakers on offense. So for Robinson, I think he needs to be that guy on Thursday night, like we kind of saw in the playoff game. He needs to be the guy that Trubisky can lean on and trust when the offense needs to make a big play. And you and I both said that he should have, against King, a favorable matchup who's coming back from an injury who has a hamstring issue right now as well, and he's a little bit rusty. So if he can't be that guy, I mean, yes, there are other weapons on this offense, but I think if the defense finds a way to take Robinson out of the game, it's going to make Trubisky's job so much more difficult. It really is. And looking at his two games against Green Bay last year, he only had three catches for 60 yards on average, which again, three catches, 60 yards, you're averaging 20 yards per catch. Those were some big gains. But a consistent guy who can come on, make those first down catches, someone that Trubisky can lean on to make some of those first down throws. That's what I'm hoping to see out of Allen Robinson. And if we don't, I mean, you can lean on the ground game, but the whole thing just gets so much more complicated without him. So for that reason, he's going to be my X Factor. All right, we're halfway through our show. It's a good time as any to remind you to leave a review of our show on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. Uh, we do give away free Bears jerseys every time we reach a new 100. And, of course, if you're watching here on YouTube, don't forget to leave us a thumbs up. If you're on Facebook Live, thumbs up, laughing face, whatever emoji you want to throw our way. And on Periscope, I think you're stuck with a heart. So thanks for everyone just kind of supporting the show. Really do appreciate each and every one of you. And, of course, bear down. But getting back to things, let's go ahead and switch our focus to the Bears' defense. And priority number one, as it's always been, is getting after Aaron Rodgers because if the pass rush does not hit home and Rodgers has time in the pocket, I mean, he's burned the Bears. We've seen it time and time again. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the Bears' pass rush versus that Packers' offensive line. Nick, over to you. What are some of the what areas do you believe that the Bears can potentially exploit? Do you see Mac going to town yet again, or do you also envision the Bears being aggressive and bringing the blitz? I mean, a lot of questions thrown your way, but in general, it all sums down to one thing. How effective is the Bears' pass rush going to be, and why? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's going to be a daunting task for any team in the NFL to really stop this Bears' pass rush, especially when you have a not not necessarily a new philosophy at the defensive corner position but it is a little bit different with Chuck Pagano because he's just very aggressive Brian Baldinger just did a breakdown of the Bears preseason tape and he's he was basically breaking down this Bears defense and saying hey this is not vanilla stuff the Bears are bringing the blitz with these backups now imagine what Chuck Pagano is going to do now that he has 52 out there, Leonard Floyd on the other side, Roquan Smith, the one snap he gets, he gets a sack. So I think with this, it's going to be tough, even though the look, the Packers have a pretty decent offensive line at the tackle position. Inside, I think there are some question marks. When you have a guy like Billy Turner, who is on his fourth team now, played one game in Denver in 2017, started 11 games in 2018, he's filling that spot at right guard. And then they just look, Will, you and I were talking about this. Who is starting at left guard for the Packers? Is it Lane Taylor, Elkin Jenkins? And I think it's going to be Lane Taylor. So there's still question marks at that position. The Packers actually, I saw on two different sources that cover the Packers. One, they said Lane Taylor is going to be a starter. One, he's possibly trade bait. There's, I think there's question marks at that left guard position. So I think that's the guy you go target. See if he should be on this team or not and can possibly lose a job on Thursday night. And a good way to do that, have Akeem Hicks rush up that side and see if he can hold up against him. When it comes to this Bears pass rush, there's, like I said, there's not many teams that can really uh, try to mitigate the damage. The best way, getting the ball out quick. But... I think Chuck Pagano will adjust to that. So that's one of the matchups Lane Taylor against Akeem Hicks or is Eddie Goldman on that side as well. I I like that matchup in favor of the Bears. Well, I mean, you also got to talk about Bilal Nichols in that one as well. And if it is Lane Taylor starting, he gave up eight sacks last year. That led the team. That's a lot of sacks to give up. That's one every other game. And I think he had a full 16-game season. But still, that's something that I'm looking into as well. Uh, the other guard, Billy Turner, he's new to Green Bay, came from Denver. I think he's a decent guy. He's serviceable. He's good. There's a reason why they brought him in. But Akeem Hicks, we've seen him dominate more talented guards in the past. And 
Akeem Hicks, he's very fresh. Uh, he's wanting to go hit some people. He's you know he's a violent dude, and he steps up his game against Green Bay. So I believe he's gonna have a pretty decent game overall. Again, uh, with it being Turner, again I've seen him take care of so many higher quality offensive guards than Turner. So we'll see how that goes. And then if you're looking at the outside tackles here, I mean, that's strength versus strength. I mean, they have some pretty good offensive tackles in Balaga and Bakatari. And uh, Khalil Mack, I think he had three and a half sacks in both meetings combined. And Leonard Floyd, he had two in the second meeting when he didn't have that club on his hand. So obviously, even though they have some good tackles, our outside linebackers have proven that they can get in there. They can duress Rodgers. They can get away uh, and come away with a few sacks. So obviously, across the board, I mean, with the Bears being the number one defense returning and one of the best teams at getting after quarterbacks a year ago, it's obvious that our expectations are going to be high for those guys. And obviously, we need to be aware that it is a new system. They're probably going to try to move Rodgers out of the pocket a little bit, kind of you know move that launching point from time to time. That way, he's not kind of sitting in one stagnant spot. And then they're probably going to try to give him in a rhythm early with some throws to build confidence in the new system and the new game plan. So for the Bears' pass rush, they should do – Really, whatever it takes to kind of derail that confidence building early in the game from happening. It is Aaron Rodgers, though. I mean, he has all the confidence in the world no matter what. I'm not going to you know, go against that whatsoever. But if the Bears can find a way to put any doubt in the system and the offense play, players' minds by getting after Rodgers and making things difficult from the get-go, that's going to go a long way towards a Bears victory this week. All right, and of course, the second part of stopping Aaron Rodgers in the equation is covering your man and knowing your assignment. Green Bay's number one wideout, Devontae Adams, he's going to be a big test for sure, but the Bears' secondary as a whole should be well-positioned to kind of keep the damage to a minimum. So let's go through the matchups through the air that's on our radars, and I'm sure, Nick, you have Devontae Adams circled in red pen, underlined, starred, just like I do. Absolutely. That's that's the main threat on this Packers offense that really, if the Bears are only going to have Prince of Mukamara guard him. I'm not. I'm not in favorable of that matchup. Even last year, uh, in that first game of the season, Prince of Mukamara is just a step slow on Devontae Adams, and usually most corners are when you're playing a high caliber wide receiver. But if anything, I like Kyle Fuller on that matchup, and we all know they both stick to their sides. These cornerbacks for the Bears, so it's not like you'll see the number one corner travel. Again, it all comes down to how they play their positions. Prince of Mukamara, more of those, uh, more of the at the line of scrimmage, jam the receiver as opposed to Kyle Fuller. He's about seven, eight yards back in reading and reacting to uh, the quarterback's eyes and seeing what the play is. I like Kyle Fuller better on a Devontae Adams than a Prince of Mukamura. So what you got to do, bracket that wide receiver, give him a little coverage help with the safety, and whether that's HaHa Clinton Dix or Eddie Jackson, that's how I try to mitigate Devontae Adams' production in this game. And look, if you could do that, I again, Aaron Rodgers can probably pick you apart still because he's that great of a quarterback. But if you could take away his number one weapon, make him try to get other guys involved because these other receivers, they're not very proven. Yeah, though, they're really not. I mean, Adams is the one that scares me. I mean, he had a, over 200 yards in both meetings combined last year with one touchdown. And going up against the Bears defense, he was probably one of the most dynamic receivers against our defense a year ago. So we need to find ways to mitigate that for sure. But outside of him, I mean, who's next on your radar? Is it Jimmy Graham? Is it Geronimo Allison? I'm curious. Or is it the running backs coming out of the backfield? But the Bears were so good at stopping backs as receivers last year, too. So who's next? Do you have a number two? So, I mean, in terms of receiving threats, I think I just have to go with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, going into his second season, 38 receptions, 58, 581 yards, two touchdowns. You know, pretty good stat line for, I guess, a guy that they weren't maybe weren't expecting much from. So, I think that's obviously the next guy you're going to look to for production in this Packers offense in terms of uh, being at the wide receiver position. But, again, what he does, I, I'm not really too concerned. It's, let's say Prince is on uh, Devontae Adams for a play, I'm full confidence Kyle, uh, Kyle Fuller is going to be able to lock him down and react and not la- not allow yards after the catch, which that is something that this Matt LaFleur offense really prides itself in, getting that yards after the catch. So if that's the case, I'll take that matchup all day. Yep. Of course, scouting is on there for me. If I'm looking at a third-ish option here, you have to look at the slot because Randall Cobb's gone. Thank God. I mean, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, so, And he uh, lined up in a slot on 88% of his snaps last year for Green Bay. And it looks like it's going to be Geronimo Allison being their primary slot guy who 
obviously has some big shoes to fill. He was injured last year, but in his limited sample size, he had 20 catches. He did average about 15 yards per reception. So this is like a matchup for Buster Screen. Can he ensure that Allison, who is adjusting to playing a slot wide receiver role, can he make sure that his impact is minimal? I mean, we're about to find out, but looking at Allison last year, he only played 19 snaps in a slot. It is a new system. This one's very hard for me to project. And the only thing that we know is that he has lack of experience at the position, lack of experience in this system. So for me, hopefully this is a matchup in our favor, but this is one that has me slightly worried because we haven't seen Buster Screen do anything in the Bears uniform yet. We saw him rarely in preseason. We saw ups and downs all training camp. So we don't know really what we're getting out of him. I know he has a better defense compared to the one that he had in the Jets last year. The Bears are obviously high in him as they sat him throughout the majority of the preseason, let him rest just with the rest of the defensive starters. But this is still going to be a matchup that's on my mind throughout the game because if Rodgers and Allison can kind of get going through the slot and Screen's in trouble... They have to you know, play a little extra help, which opens up other areas of the game. Maybe the focus goes away from Devontae Adams, and that could in turn kind of bite us in the ass. So hopefully that's not the case, but this is the one that I'm kind of paying attention to. Anything else through the air, Nick, that you want to mention, or are we all good? You know what? Maybe go to the air and also transition to their running game. Aaron Jones is a guy that has lined up in the slot at times for the Green Bay Packers and back uh, in college. So that's definitely also going to be an option. Just like a Tariq Cohen can go out in the slot, Aaron Jones is someone who has good hands, can run good routes, and get open. So I think just coming from what Matt LaFleur, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, you're going to get your running backs involved. Uh, so that's something that Bears fans should expect to see. Aaron Jones will go run into, go in the slot, run routes, and that's just a nice little check down for Aaron Rodgers. So expect that as well in terms of the passing game for the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's move right on to the ground game. Obviously, the running game hasn't been something that's been much of a threat for Green Bay over the last couple of years. Aaron Jones, he's had to be the feature back, um, but they do have some other guys that are capable. Uh, but don't forget, the Bears defense was very, very strong against a run a year ago. I mean, they just shut it down. Only 3.8 yards per carry allowed, and the NFL best 80 yards per game allowed on the ground. Uh, the Packers, they come in wanting to establish a run, I would assume, in hopes of uh, setting up the pass and taking some pressure off Rodgers and his new system. Um, but I'm curious, Nick, what are some of your keys to stopping the Packers on the ground? And do you have confidence? Because I have all the confidence in the world that the Bears can kind of pick up right where they left off last year in terms of shutting down the run. I think we saw that in preseason in spurts. We saw it in training camp. I have no doubts in my mind they should be able to pick up right where they left. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Stuff last year. Yeah, I'm there with you, Will. The key to this game, I think, will be the Bears' defense stopping this Packers' run game because that's been what the Green Bay Packers have been preaching all offseason since Matt LaFleur uh, became head coach of the Green Bay Packers. They want to have more balance on offense. That means more handoffs for Aaron Jones. And what they're going to do with Matt LaFleur, like I said, comes from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan background, a lot of outside zone running. So that's going to be implemented early and often in this game for the Green Bay Packers offense. And what you want in your running back in outside zone is a one-cut guy. And I will tell you this, Aaron Jones can do just that, and he can make defenses pay if these linebackers over-pursue their gaps and don't fill their lanes properly. But you don't face many defenses that have the inside linebackers that the Bears do in Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, who have sideline-to-sideline speed, can cover in the passing game, but know how to come come down hard and fill their lanes properly. So... Although I think this will be a key component in this game, I just think the Bears are better up front with their defense alignment and their linebackers that if the Bears or the Packers want to get their outside zone running game going, it's just not going to happen. So Aaron Jones gets out of the equation, make it one-dimensional, and obviously we know Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers, but that will make life a lot more difficult if they cannot establish this run. So I have all the confidence the Bears are going to shut that down. 
Aaron Jones did average 5.5 yards per carry last year. Did lead the NFL there, but he didn't have a ton of touches. We'll see if he can handle a bigger role here. Like I mentioned on Tuesday's episode, well, Monday's episode, it's a weird, it's a weird week. Uh, he does have some durability concerns as well. He barely played against the Bears last year. He missed the first matchup. He left the second one due to an injury. So it's, it would be interesting to see what he can do against this Bears defense. But like you said, Nick, all the confidence in the world that the Bears can shut down the run. They proved they can do it week in, week out last year. And again, they should pick up right where they left off here week one of 2019. All right, so we've kind of danced around it throughout the discussion, but I'm obviously it's hard to really tell what Green Bay is going to be throwing our way. This is a new system. There's going to be plenty of unscouted looks. Uh, the Bears are going to need to adjust on the fly. Are you concerned about that? Because to me, it's really hard to doubt this defense after last season on top of the continuity that is kind of carrying over. You know what? It's... Um... It's an interesting question, Will, because I think seeing what the Bears have done to other very good offense, look at the Rams last year. They were the number one scoring offense going into that Sunday night game. The Bears completely shut them down. Obviously, different coordinator, and that was last season, but it's going to be new for both you know, the Bears with Chuck Pagano and Matt LaFleur being a first-time head coach calling the plays for the first time on prime time to start the 2019 NFL season. So we don't really know what's going to end up happening, but I will say this, just reading some Packers articles, preparing for this podcast, Aaron Rodgers was saying that, you know, basically what's happening in this game is not going to reflect what kind of offense they are. Maybe temper expectations is basically like how he kind of put it. So, I don't know if we're going to see the true Packers offense this game, which bodes well for the Bears. And having that defense just let loose, get those uh, those linebackers flowing to the quarterback. So, hey, it's it's not not good for the Packers that they won't be in midseason swing with their offense. But it bodes well for a defense that is basically not – Obviously, Chuck McGowan is a different defensive coordinator, but it's similar system, just more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I think we won't know what the Packers are going to do. I think the second matchup will know a little bit more about them. But, hey, it plays in the favor of the defense who's going to be aggressive and just get after the QB. Yeah, and again, if somehow the Packers do come out and they do some ultra-creative things that kind of catch the Bears off guard, they're going to adjust, and it won't be a game-long thing. like Just like the week one last year, right? We came out of the gate. We came in showing all these different looks, had them on their toes, put up some points early, but then they adjusted. And then we had a hard time you know, adjusting on top of that. It took us until the fourth quarter to kind of overcome that. So for this Bears defense, even if you do see them get caught off guard early in this game, expect them to settle down. I mean, they're going to have some high emotions. They want to hit people. Khalil Mack's ready to go hit some people, and I'm sure everyone else is following suit there in that defense. So high energy, it's going to happen. Uh, We'll see exactly how big this impact is. But, Nick, I think you're right. It's going to be a toned-down version of what they're hoping to accomplish. And obviously, if you're toned down against this Bears defense, that should bode well in our favor. All right, anything else on their uh, our defense, their offense? Uh, in terms of their offense, I really don't know what they have at the mm. tight end position. I mean, yes, Jimmy Graham's – I think Jimmy Graham is a name. He's not the same Jimmy Graham that was torching defenses, getting into the end zone. And he's in his 10th season now. He had 55 receptions, 636 yards, two touchdowns. You know, not not too shabby. But I think in terms of the tight end position, they I would expect Green Bay Packers do want more production from that position as a whole. But – Outside of Jimmy Graham, like I said, who's just a name now, I think there's there really isn't much to you know worry about from the Bears at that point. All right, red zone third down, just real quick. Red zone, Green Bay, thirteenth best in the NFL last year in offense, scoring touchdowns on about sixty-two percent of their trips. Bears defense, fifth best in the NFL last year, only allowing touchdowns on about fifty percent of opponent trips in the red zone. And of course, if you want to take that step further, the Bears did a great job of keeping teams out of the red zone. In general, and then when you move over to third down, Green Bay on offense was 22nd last year, all the way down at 36.76%, where the Bears were the third best defense a year ago on third down, only allowing teams to convert at about 35% of their third down. So obviously, if the Bears can keep that up, get Rodgers off the field around that same kind of clip where it was last year. Uh, Definitely another advantage for the Bears heading into this Thursday night matchup. But this brings us to our next segment with who has the edge. And Nick, I'm going to let you begin with the Bears secondary versus that Packers passing attack. I have to give it to the Bears secondary because outside Devontae Adams 
and we'll throw Aaron Jones, you know, maybe in the slot there uh, at times. But I, there's like Scantling doesn't really scare me as a receiver. I'm not really expecting a huge game out of Jimmy Graham. You have to go with this Bears secondary that led the league last year. Well, more than secondary, but they had 27 interceptions, most coming from that secondary. And you have two ball hawks back there in Haha Clint Dix and Eddie Jackson who can have you can range from sideline to sideline hash mark. It doesn't matter where they're at. They can find the ball, disrupt it and possibly get an interception. I have to go with the Bears secondary. All right. So for me, I have Bears pass rush Packers offensive line. I mean, you have Khalil Mack. I don't know if I have to say anything more. Uh, we have Leonard Floyd coming off the other edge. Should be a really good battle on both edges. And you and I talked about it. The Bears do should have some favorable matchups on the interior of that offensive line as well uh, with whoever's starting at left guard, which we believe is Taylor, depending on the report that you see, who gave up the team-high eight sacks last year. And then a new guy over on the right side as well coming from Denver. Uh, Keem Hicks is a Keem Hicks, and he should be able to take care of business there as well. So for me... Going to have to give this edge to the Bears, which leads us to the final one. Bears run defense versus the Packers ground game. Easy, right? Bears are the best run defense a year ago. Packers learning a new system. It's just Bears. Do we have to go any further into detail there, Nick? No, we, we talked about it. It is the Bears, and I think they'll dominate this Packers uh, rushing attack. All right. X-Factors on defense. Who do you have? You know what? I, I had to think about this one, uh, but I think if – Prince of Mookamara can have a good game because I know what you're getting out of uh, you know, Kyle Fuller and the rest of the guys in that secondary. Buster Screen's a little bit of a question, but I think Prince of Mookamara has more of an impact on this game. And if he's able to you know, at least keep Devontae Adams out of the end zone, obviously it's a collective effort. That's going to be huge for the, for the Bears' defense and why they'll be able to come out victorious uh, on Thursday night. But I think Prince of Mookamara is going to be the X factor on defense. All right, I'm going with two again. Oh, well, I don't. Did I go with two for offense? I forget. No, I don't think I did. But I'm going with two this time. <laughs> I went with Allen Robinson, the top one. I'm going to go with Buster Screen and Haha Clinton Dix, both new guys, right? Because obviously they're the only new faces on this defense, and they are the biggest question marks heading into the game because we just haven't seen them play in the Bears uniform just yet. Uh, like I mentioned, can Screen lock down whoever he needs to guard in the slot? Uh, is Haha going to play with a chip on his shoulder? I envision he will. Uh, is he going to be able to step into that defense and not skip a beat, uh, kind of fulfill that role, maybe even uh, improve upon that Adrian Amos role from a year ago? I think he proved last year he can adjust because he was traded midseason, played very well for Washington. Uh, so I do envision some good things. But if both or either of these guys struggle, it could really enable the Packers' offense to move the ball easier down the field than we would like. Uh, so both players, they have some shoes to fill in Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos, and hopefully they do just that. So right now they're my X factor because I haven't seen them play yet. So we'll see exactly how that turns out here in just, uh, well, 48 hours or so. Uh, but before we kind of jump into our weekly predictions, uh, we do need to take a couple moments on the third phase here, and we may as well begin with really the hottest question. What's your confidence, Eddie Pinero, heading into his first official NFL game? <laughs> Good question. Well, I think as I haven't seen him, you know, now become the kicker when they announced he was going to be the only guy. They let go of Fry. I do feel a little bit more confident, but if it comes to hey, Eddie Pinero, you got to make this field goal in order to maybe tie the game or whatever it may be. Obviously, I think all of Chicago is going to be on its feet, you know, having their hands over their mouths, just waiting in silence because we don't know yet obviously this is all preseason training camp all that i hope it doesn't really come to that you just want to see just field goals throughout the game and not some game winner or anything like that i would say though if i had to give you a number out of 10 i'm feeling and i'm feeling like a seven so i it again it's a passing grade 70 percent, but i just don't know yet from Eddie Pinero. I don't know if anybody knows. I don't know if he knows, but hopefully if he gets his opportunity to kick, he could put the ball through the uprights. I'm around a seven as well. I had six and a half to seven and a half in my notes, really depending on how I felt by the time we got to the show. And seven feels about right. You can't be much higher on the guy based off what we've seen and based off the history of the position lately at this team. So we'll see. Uh, I'm not down on him. I thought he showed some good things when he missed the extra point and was able to come back with his kicks. Uh, so that resiliency, that grit, uh, that's something I'm excited about. Hopefully he can build off of it. Uh, so we'll see exactly how it shakes down now in a real game with some meaningful kicks coming his way. Uh, he hasn't had those in a couple of years. Uh, last time was in Florida because uh, he, he played a little bit in the preseason last year, went an IR, 
And then, of course, this is his second year, so this is his first real NFL game, his first meaningful kicks in this league, so we'll see exactly how he fares. But, yeah, it's really hard to gauge that right now until we see the real thing happen. Looking at the rest of special teams, I just have one other thing that I wanted to note, and they are listing the Packers are Trevor Davis as their punt returner and their kick returner. Uh, looking at his career, he averages about 12 yards per punt and 20 yards per kick return. So not really a true threat there. That is, unless the Bears want him to be with those coverage units. Obviously, we saw yeah. those issues throughout the preseason. Uh, we said it should and will be better once the regular season gets here as they have their true special teams personnel in place. It's time to see it happen. Obviously, it should not be a huge test, so the Bears just please don't make this game this a factor in this game. Whatever you do, that's the only thing I have left on special teams. Do you have anything else, or is that about it? You know what? I hope that Cordero Patterson can be an impact on this on this phase. You know, at the kick returner spot. You know, if the Packers do somehow get into the end zone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Cordero Patterson. I want to see him impact this game. We had the Bears haven't had anybody that could do anything with that uh, spot at the kick returner. So maybe he can provide a nice spark. And if the Bears decide to go on offense versus they lose the coin talks and they go on offense. Hopefully he gets an opportunity to take uh, you know, a kick back for some yards or even a touchdown. All right. Well, it's time to enter just the final segment of our show, and let's begin with a bang and with our bold predictions. Nick, I know you were working hard on your bold prediction 25 seconds before we went live, so what's going to be your bold <laughs> prediction, your first one of the season? Yeah, I had to scroll all the way up in my notes for the bold prediction that I made not too long ago. But in this game against this opponent, one player has really shined and he's been a little bit of a question mark thus far in his career, and that's Leonard Floyd. But of his 13.5 career sacks, 5.5 have come against Green Bay, and he's had a forced fumble, fumble recovery, and a touchdown. In this matchup on Thursday night, Leonard Floyd will get 2.5 sacks and have a fumble recovery and just be the player of the game. They always give a game ball since it's like a Sunday night game, right? NBC will be there. He will get that game ball. Leonard Floyd's going to start off his 2019 campaign, his, his contract year, with a bang. All right. I like that a lot. My bold prediction, I'm going offense, and I'm going to go with the rookie here, David Montgomery. I'm going to give him a two-touchdown debut, one on the ground and one through the year. I think that's pretty bold considering all the playmakers on this team. So a two-touchdown debut for me uh, out of David Montgomery is going to be my bold prediction, my first one of the year. But it's time to predict. Who do you think the MVB is going to be when it's all said and done? It's Thursday night. We're doing our first real postgame show of the year. Who do you believe is going to be our MVB? You know, if Leonard Floyd does what he, what I'm envisioning him to do and uh, he has success against the Packers, I have to go with him. Uh, again, he's had success against these good tackles for the Green Bay Packers, which is no easy task because they're regarded as some of the better tackles in the league. But if he's able to contain the run and get some tackles along with those two and a half sacks and fumble recovery, he's easily going to be the MVP of this game. All right, for me, I'm sticking offense here. I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky because I believe the defense is going to do its part, and it's going to be a collective effort. So let's go look at the offense here. Mitch, he's going to spread the ball. He's going to make his right decisions. He's going to be precise with his throws. I believe we're going to see why Nagy's getting more and more confident with him. Uh, He's going to take some shots down the field. But more importantly, I believe he's going to be the man to put this team in position to win it when it's all said and done. He's going to have at least two touchdowns. He's going to take care of Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it the football and for those reasons i envision trubisky being our mvb at the end of the game on thursday night but we need to talk about this game in terms of who's gonna win that's a big question and we're you know time to get into our predictions i'm excited uh, we keep a tally every year uh it's oh and oh right now for you and me nick if i was smart i would have went to uh, the last two years to get our overall records maybe i'll do that for next week but short week <laughs> so forgive me uh, so who's gonna be the winner of this game what's the score and all that jazz you know, before I give my prediction, I just have to read you what a, a Packers writer wrote, ESPN. I've lost the name here, but in in his writing, it says, does anyone really expect the Packers to beat the Bears, the reigning NFC North champions in the season opener at Soldier Field? 
The answer is no. No one expects the Packers to beat them, and that's why they're not because the Bears are a better team than the Green Bay Packers. Bears win. I think it's going to be a convincing victory, 31-20, to 20, where, again, maybe Green Bay just gets one of those touchdowns at the end, but really it wasn't close at all. The Bears are a better team. They have more momentum coming from last season. Look, they end, their season ended short. It ended in a double doink, and that's not how they wanted to go. It's coming back. They remember that week one loss that they had in Green Bay, and now you just have to go and take care of business against your better rival. And I think they will convincingly, 31-20, Chicago Bears. All right. I'm going Bears as well, but I'm a little bit closer. I have the Bears winning 24-17. to I'm looking at this series, and four of the last five matchups were decided by one score or less. And I don't really envision things going much differently here. I think it's going to be a tough and, you know, a, a tough, was that root and nail, the hammer? I don't know the saying. I know it, but I don't know it. And I'm <laughs> flopping on the fly here. But you know what I mean? Tooth and nail, that's what it is. Those kind of games. It's going to be a gritty contest throughout. It's really going to feel like a rivalry. This game, I think, is going to go back and forth. But the Bears are more talented. They're more healthy. And they're ready to protect Soldier Field. They're 7-1 and one at home last year in the regular season. So for those reasons, on top of all the reasons we talked about throughout this show, I have the Bears winning 24-17. to 17. And that leads us to our final part, which is, of course, our confidence meter in this game in general and our final thoughts. So, Nick, over to you. What's your confidence level and any final thoughts you want to kind of you know spew out now before Thursday night? Yeah, so confidence, I have to go with a nine and a half. The Bears are winning this football game. Uh, they're a better team. And look, it's weird thinking, just reading that that uh, little excerpt from that ESPN article, the Bears are regarded as a good team, not just from Chicago and, and you know Bears fans, but from others around the league. Maybe you see some national stuff saying they're going to regress and stuff, but there is some respect for the Bears, and it's great to see. But, well, it's just it's so nice that we're actually talking about and previewing a meaningful game we were yeah. at training camp for a majority of the days we were doing you know the post game shows for for the preseason which is you know how that is so it's great that we're previewing a game that will matter and i'm just excited man this is a what a way to start off the 2019 nfl season the bears 100th season against the green bay packers on thursday night i cannot wait for this game yeah, man, me too. I really can't. You you took the you know the words of excitement right out of my mouth because it's been a long, grueling off season, but finally we're here. We're just a couple of days away from talking about a real football game. Uh, in hindsight, we're still previewing one, which is still equally as exciting for me. But in terms of my confidence meter, I'm at eight point eight nine. I went real specific here. Am I confident in this team? Hell yeah, I am. Do I believe that they are the better team this week? Yes. Should they win this game? No question. My only concern is the Aaron Rodgers effect because I'm a Bears fan. I am understandably concerned of it, and hopefully the team can find a way to win. I believe they will, uh, but the Bears have not beat Green Bay twice in a row since 2007. It's been a long time, and that counts year from year. So if you're looking at like 07, 08, things of that nature, it hasn't happened from season to season, twice in a season. Neither way, they have not beat them twice in a row since 2007, which it's a long time ago. I believe I was in middle school then. So that's, <laughs> to put it in perspective, it's been a long damn time. So hopefully that changes on Thursday night, and I believe it will. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed our first game preview of the season. I know just like Nick and I, you too are beyond ready for kickoff. And again, just a couple more days. Up next, our Will Ingles is going to come out of hibernation to give you his first five matchups podcast of the year. Which matchups will make or break the game for our Bears? Well, you're going to find out soon. And of course, the next time they hear from Nick and I will be as soon as the final whistle blows on Thursday night. We can't wait. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs> Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold.
Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.